mine now. You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Namaste, Nicole. Namaste. <laughs> my name's my name's Dan. Your name is Jen, is it? My name's Dan today. <laughs> That's what I'm calling myself. What are you calling yourself today? Mm. I'll call myself Nick today. Why not? Nick. Adventurous. <laughs> Hello, Nick. How are you How's doing? It was a bit shit last week, but it's Why? it's going better. It's getting Why? better. What, what's, what's happened? Going back into lockdown. Bloody mm. marvellous. How, you, you know, how long are you in for? At the moment for six weeks. I mean, it's not the worst. Like, we can still go out to the shops if we need to. We can go, I think, in my area at least, we're allowed to go out for a walk and do some exercise. There's a lot of people around the world that are far worse worse off than us. So Yeah. There was loads of news reports at the weekend, right? London's sort of pretty much opened back up again, and there's people spilling out the streets and pubs in Soho and stuff. I saw that. <laughs> and I just don't. Soho was people like what the fuck man have they got to take away pints here well no but you live in south end but if yes. there's there's like what three pubs to, <laughs> three good places <laughs> to go in south end in south end <laughs> i think you're overestimating how many good places there are in south end oh <laughs> there's yeah. a, no there's a couple of places and and yeah you can go get a takeaway beer and stuff but I, not the same i want to be out in the world and i want to be like in a pub and socialize and stuff like that which is odd for me to say but i don't yeah. want to be exposed to all these humans that are carrying all these germs so i think the only way that i would uh, sort of venture out into a pub is if i sort of dressed in a giant condom i think that's the only way forward oh no i stole your joke i saw it brewing in your head i was like no i'm gonna have that i did a soup swap on Saturday. <laughs> you were telling me about this soup swap Eight of my friend's mates each made a soup, went to her house and dropped off the pot of soup. I helped her distribute uh, within everyone's containers the different soups. And then I brought eight soups back home. I've tried two so far. One of them was mine. So uh, I had a broccoli soup today. I was all right. There's a spicy lentil that smells fucking amazing. I'm looking forward to eating that on a really cold day. Yeah, that'll warm you up. How spicy are we talking? Oh, man. Like, I opened it up and, like, I was like, oh, my, my, uh, my bowels are not going to be right after this. But no, I imagine not. You go get, you, if you're going in lockdown, you best go and get some of that toilet roll before it, before it goes. <laughs> I have to say, I've got plenty of toilet roll. Excellent. I told, cool. Put it I, in I the fridge. Put it in the fridge. Yes, we'll definitely do that. Good idea, man. Fridge, toilet paper what? in the fridge. It's, it's so soothing. It feels wonderful. You know, listen, let's not get into toilet habits. What flavour was your soap? Which one did you make? So it was a Thai coconut peanut soup. Oh, that sounds incredible. It had to be vegetarian though. So I used tofu. Did you use vegetarian coconuts? Yep. They were, they were treated well. Okay, good. Not lo- <laughs> it wasn't locked in cages. No coconut, coconut cage. <laughs> Actually, when I got home... Oh, look, Nicole's got another message. Look, she's got another message last week. We made her read it out to the whole class. Should we do the same again? What? Oh, I did. Oh, look at you. 
one of my maids in Switzerland. It's her birthday today. And we, I've got a group chat with her and another, another mate. What's your friend's name whose birthday it is? Sandra. That's my mum's name. Happy birthday, Sandra. Your soups. You were talking about your soups. I was talking about my soups. Um, Before we got rudely interrupted by Sandra. So I got, I got home, bless my mum. She was waiting for me. And then she went to bed and I was just flicking through the channels. And I forgot that there was a live life drawing class on SBS. I was like, oh, shit. I wish I had some charcoal and pencil, pencils because I would have joined in. It was quite interesting. Awesome. Have you ever was done it nudes? Yeah, new, new drawing. Was it? Send yeah. me a link. <laughs> There's a UK one. The UK one is this week, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at drawing. Honestly, like if you... <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so bad. I can draw. I'm all right at like... Because I, I studied building at school and part of that was like yeah. architecture and design and stuff. So I'm all right oh, at yeah. drawing buildings. I can draw boxes, yeah. but because that's just like straight lines and you've got to be within design parameters and stuff, it's quite easy mm-hmm. to do that because there's a, well, you've got this construct. But if someone sits to me and just goes, draw something, I'm like, what the, what do you mean? But if, it, if it. it's something in front of you, you couldn't draw it? Uh, it, would be, it would be pretty bad. I've got some charcoal and some pencils, so I might check it out. See how Does it have to be charcoal? You could use crayons, you can use yeah. coloured pencils. You could use like tea bags or get really arty, couldn't you? Yeah. Blood. I mean, I'm not get blood. Poo. Use your snot. <laughs> Urine. I don't know. We're going Urine. too far on this. Well, I think, yeah. <laughs> um, art is art. Art is what you bring to it. Yes. Exactly. When I was watching it, I told my mum the next day about it. She go, I go, do you remember that time we went to that um, hen do? Uh, she had her hen's party at the gym and they got a life drawing stripper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so someone and strips and everyone draws them or he draws everyone else? No, no. Strips. <laughs> or she? No, so she... It was a he, it was a he. Okay. Um, so he was dressed as a police officer and there was like four poses. So he was him in his outfit and then the second one was with him and the bride-to-be and then nude back and then nude front. There were the oh. four drawings we had to do. And imagine, I'm doing this with my mum. I couldn't care less because <laughs> I've done life drawing before. So we were doing it and then like he turns frontwards. And everyone's like, oh, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, you know what, doing this with your mum? I'm like, nah, I couldn't care less. But apparently she couldn't look. She was just like me. focusing on other things. <laughs> She's embarrassed. She's like, I need yeah. another page. I've run out of space. <laughs> I can't do this in front of my daughter. Oh, that's funny. When I, well, when I was at school, yeah, you get have to pick what you're going to be doing for the next couple of years. And I picked... Oh, I was speaking to my art teacher and uh, I said, you know, I was like, if we, in the next couple of years, are we going to get to draw live, like nude models? And she went, yeah. She was like, yeah, of course. She was like, that's in like, like every year we do that. I was like, sweet, sign me up. So I did it. And then I was doing it for about, I started a new year and I, I had about three weeks in this art class. And I told, like I said, I'm awful at drawing. So like, I'm completely out of my depth here. Everyone's really into it and drawing well. And I'm doing like, can't even draw a carrot. And uh, I sort of had a word of teacher, and, and this is another teacher. And I said, when, when are we, we going to get the, uh, the nude models in, sir? He's like, what? <laughs> I was like, you know, get, get live, live nude models in. He's like, no. 
I was like, oh, Miss So-and-so told me about it. He was like, no, no, she was, she was joking with you. Oh, <laughs> I changed to media studies. Oh, and I did choice. that instead. I should have just done that in the first place, really. Oh, I wasn't expecting us to be talking about art today. Because <laughs> I do sometimes, I sort of sit there and I think, oh, what am I going to talk about today? I haven't really done much. <laughs> but we're always kind of summing. Well done. I end up <laughs> art. <laughs> What have you been up to, Dan? Not an awful lot, really, to be honest. I'm back running again, so I've done a, I've done a little bit of that. Apart from that, not very much. No accidents this week. No dramas. Just Yay! been. Yay! Well done, Thank you. I'm so proud of you. I know. <laughs> Thanks. I'm really proud of me. It's only a matter of time before I uh, fall into a pit or something. You know, where they have yeah. the like the roadworks and they have the signs outside, the little barriers. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was, I'm gonna. One day it's gonna happen. Every time I walk past one, I look at it and I think, yeah, I know. One day it's gonna, it's yeah. gonna happen. I've been sitting. I've been sitting down. I've been playing a lot of my guitar. I learned to play "Message Ooh. in a Bottle" by the Police, so I'm very happy with that. You know, when you said "Message in a Bottle," I thought "Genie in the Bottle" by Christina Aguilera. <laughs> I'm a genie in a bottle. You gotta rub me the right way. Um, true story. I bought that on the CD. Brilliant. Was that your and first think, album you bought? No, it was an early CD, but I think that's where my self-loathing comes from, is uh, purchasing that Christina Aguilera CD. Actually, I think my first ever record was, uh, well, yeah, record. My first musical purchase was a record oh, yeah. in, yeah, in, the, in the 90s. Uh, Pet Shop Boys. It was a song oh, called yeah. Can You Forgive Her? And my first CD was a song by, or oh, what were they called? I can't remember who, who the band, what the band was called, but it was a song based on the, the Three Little Pigs, you know, the, the, the little story, kids' story time story, Three Little Pigs yeah. and the wolf and stuff. And uh, it's, it's hilarious because the song's it's like a heavy metal rock tune and it's like, little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by the hair on my chinny chin chin. It's great. This is like a comedy song. But um, I've still got it somewhere. I'll have to try and dig it out. Brilliant. Maybe I'll put it on Instagram and just see who remembers that tune. <laughs> yeah. I'm writing that down before I forget it. Do it, do it. I'm trying to think what my record... I can I can kind of picture the film clip for the song. It's like Mrs... Not Stacey's mum. It wasn't Oh, Stacey's I know mom. what you mean. Stacey's mum has got it going on. It could have been that. It could have been those guys. It was either those guys. Or I, I definitely bought Aqua when I was young. Oh, fuck me. In a Dr. Jones, oh. Dr. Jones, calling Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, where I shouldn't sing because I heard myself last week singing Valerie. I was fucking terrible. <laughs> Sorry to everyone that had to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, we apologise. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching much, Dan? I tried to watch. Have you seen Euro Trip? The first one? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, so I thought, oh, I need a bit of a laugh. Let's watch something a bit dumb and silly. Let's put on Euro Trip. Yeah. But it was just too dumb and silly. <laughs> I, got, I got 40 minutes in and I turned it off. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do it. My brain's, my brain's melting. So I turned it off and then I thought, um, what do I want to watch? Sort of trying to have a bit of a laugh, a bit of comedy. So I thought, I'll watch a bit of Simon Pegg. Fancied watching a bit of Simon Pegg. So I watched a film called Run, Bat, Fat Boy Run. It's a good, it's a good film. film. Yeah. yeah. I think I watched it when it came out and was kind of like, oh, you know, it's fine. 
but I enjoyed it a lot more this time. I must say, it's yeah. about running and stuff as well. So had all that going for it. And there's some really good, funny jokes in there. Dylan Moran's in it. He's funny, the Irish guy. Uh, he's from Black yeah. Books. I don't know if you've ever seen that sitcom. Yeah, um, I've seen Black Books. Black Books it's good. It's great. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I, I haven't seen I've. That's what I'm going to do this week. I'm going to watch Black Books. I haven't seen nice. it for a long, long time. But yeah, there's some good jokes in that. And Simon Pegg always makes me laugh he's so funny he's got such great comedic timing and these little mannerisms and stuff it's just i think he's very funny yeah. and I, so i watched that and then um and then directly after i watched another peg film called hector and the search for happiness and he's like a psychiatrist Ooh. and it's but he's traveling around the world trying to figure out what makes people happy and like he meets a drug dealer and he's like look after your family and he meets a rich person and he's like yeah you've got to just earn loads of money and and it's all these different ideas of what happiness is and it's all right it's not it, it does drag on a little bit but it's it's quite good it's a bit cheesy it's a bit on the nose yeah. like and a bit emotional but it's kind of exactly what i needed in a way Ooh. quite liked it it was light-hearted yet emotionally engaging I, and then i wanted to see some explosions so i watched speed fucking love speed so much it's literally one of my favorite ever films keanu reeves I used to watch it on VHS around my nans all the time when I was a little oh, boy. And uh, yeah. now I've got my own telly. So now I watch it myself with my surround sound and it's great. I love it every time. I, do, I watch it once a year, probably without foul. So it's kind too. of... I, I saw Speed 2 at cinema. And even no. when I was... Even when I was like... When did that come out? 97. So I was 13 when I watched that. Even when I was 13, I mm. fucking hated it. It was awful. Oh, yeah. It's rubbish. Speedo rubbish. What about you? What have you been watching? What have I been watching? I, I, I also needed a bit of a laugh this week. So I don't know if you've got it on your Prime, but in Oz, uh, I watched Laugh, Last One Laughing, which is a Aussie comedians in a room together. They have to not laugh at each other. And they're all trying to, like, make each other laugh and if you laugh you lose and the last one standing wins 100 grand they've got they're in this room for six hours making these stupid jokes and some of them were quite funny and then i don't know maybe it's a little bit of aussie dark humor maybe yeah. watch it i don't know i'm intrigued I'll, to I'll see what, what british what people think of our, our what humor. was it called uh last one laughing last one laughing I uh, I quite like. I haven't seen a, an awful lot of uh, Aussie comedy, but I listen to quite a few Aussie podcasts. And some of sometimes they have like, comedians coming on, uh, and I don't know yeah. if may, maybe they're popular in in Oz or, or not. I don't know, but yeah, I do find your humour quite funny sometimes because you could be quite yeah. crass, <laughs> you lot, yeah. and I like it. I um I watched Eurovision this week as well. Oh, did you? Have you seen Netflix? that? No, that's the Will Ferrell one, right? Yeah. I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. funny. Because originally I was like, mm, I should watch this and see if it's potential stitch-up. But it's, yeah. I don't know. I I liked it. So maybe you should watch it and then see what you think. Well, if it's a comedy, then I might yeah. put it on after this. Let's see how we go. Oh, if it doesn't look, make me laugh within the first four seconds, I'm turning it off. Uh, mm, what happens to the first four seconds? Oh, they're just... Logo? Uh, yeah, logo, and then <laughs> put it ABBA in the first four seconds. Uh, ABBA? Fuck ABBA. Off. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching... I can't listen to ABBA for two hours. 
just can't just do it. Fast forward uh, five minutes and you'd be sorted. Something else that I watched this week was called Modern Love. They're 30-minute episodes. Well, the first one's not too bad. The second one is quite corny. But then after that, the stories are quite good and kind of realistic in a way. The episodes are based on New York. I think it's the New York Times. Uh, A section, like a journalist. Yeah. What's it called? So I can't remember like, the column. Column. A column called Modern Love. One last thing I watched was called Green Light, which was about um, two guys providing med- medicinal cannabis in Australia. And it was kind of interesting learning how strict our rules are here and like what you're allowed to get medicinal cannabis for. They focused on a few people and then after a few months later went back to see how it worked. It did seem like there was results. Does that but conclude your watch list or have you got more stuff? No, I didn't watch no? very much this week. I was, I was aiming to watch lots of documentaries and I got I Wonder, which is a new streaming service here in Oz, yeah. which is just documentary based. And I only just watched the one documentary. Did you? Well, on, on that note, then, should we move on to our main section, which is documentaries? That's the little segue. That's when you go, let's talk about this thing, and then you can connect it up to the next thing. Go, oh, look, let's do that. Let's say this. And we won't mention it. It would just be a seamless, I've already fucked it, I think. Section two, then, docos. Last week, we chose to watch Senna and Faces Places, between the Senna being my choice and... Faces Places being from your list. What would you like to start with this week? I feel like we should start with Senna. Senna, 2010, directed by Asif Kapadia, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. It features, it's a doco, it features interviews uh, and footage with the man, Ayrton Senna, uh, Alan Prost, Ron Dennis, Rubens Barrichello, Jackie Stewart, Frank Williams, Schumacher's featured in there. Michael Schumacher appears towards the end of the film. Uh, and it's got interviews with all of those people and it's kind of cut together in this kind of narrative that just really tells the story of Senna from his first season in 1984 to his uh, tragic death uh, a decade later in 1994. So I bought this Blu-ray about a year ago and I, I, I haven't watched it, but I've always been fascinated with Senna because it was someone that my dad admired uh, while I was growing up. And he, he had a lot of time for him, his attitude, his kind of win uh, and his pursuit of his goal, his passion. Uh, it, it, I think his character appealed quite a lot to my dad and that kind of passed down to me. So watching this documentary was re- really interesting for me to see his career and how it developed. I didn't realise that there was an extended cut and there's a theatrical cut. So me being me, I watched the extended cut, two hours and 40 minutes long. And I didn't, oh, yeah. I know, I just, and I looked at the theatrical cut afterwards. I didn't watch the theatrical cut. But I skipped yeah. to the end to see how long it was, and it was an hour forty. So there's an hour difference. Yeah. So there's a hell of a lot more in the extended cut. But spoilers, I've got a feeling it might have suffered for it. Budget. This really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Eighty million dollars. Oh no! To get um footage though, to get um oh, what's the term? Fuck. Licensing. Yeah, to get licensing. It, right. it does take it does cost money so that does not surprise me because the whole film is literally actual footage yeah from the from his whole life box office 10 million apparently which really surprised me as well i thought it would have been a lot more 
So Senna, the man, he won three world championships. He has 41 wins. He has 80 podium finishes and 65 pole positions. He was racing in Formula 1 for a decade. So he started in 84 with Tolman, I think the, the, the team was. It was a bit of a nothing team, I think, from what I know. It's before my time. It was actually the year I was born, 84, so it's a good year. Yay. But he was racing for them, and it seems that he impressed people very much, and he was kind of competing with people in a completely uncompetitive car. So he sort of got more and more notoriety, uh, became more popular. And then, and then Senna moved from Lotus to McLaren in, in 1988. And that's kind of where he started to get his championships and stuff and his big wins. But he was always competing against sort of Alain Prost. They, they had a rivalry quite early on, I think, in the uh, in 84, I think, was the first kind of conflict that they had. Well, they were at the start, they were kind of friendly in a way. And then it kind yeah. of, and then that changed really quickly. I do remember as a, as a kid, um, I think... Because when I, like I say, I started watching it around about the time that, that Senna passed away. So I saw that the next sort of drivers were people like Damon Hill um, and Schumacher. And they kind of had a rivalry. And with me and my dad, it was always about watching the rivalry between the drivers and their interviews together. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 like, I really enjoyed seeing a lot of the footage with, with Prost and Senna together and that kind of, that fuck you, I hate you tension that's underneath, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's... It was very, it was, it was tense. It was tense. And particularly, obviously, on the track, they um, had a few, few run-ins, 1989 race. And they're, they're at Suzuka. It's the final race of the season. And it's, the championship has come down to this last race. And, uh, yeah, so the race result would determine who's, who's world champion. And Senna's coming in the inside, I think it was. And he's got the, he's got the speed. He's got the, 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 the momentum behind him. And Prost knows that. He he needs to back off and give him the corner because he can't defend that because he's Senna's going much too quickly, and he's got him. Yeah. But he turns in. Prost retires. Senna yeah. goes through the chicane and carries on the race. Goes That's in the pits. Right. He goes in the pits. He gets a new front wing put on. Rejoins the race in fifth, and then as the race of his life and f- gets to first position. And that's that. I loved that. That was incredible. An incredible race. Uh, but then he gets. And then they say him going through rejoining the race through chicane was an illegal move. And they say, we're taking the championship away from you. We're going to ban you for six months and we're going to fine you a hundred thousand pounds, dollars. Yeah, it was, it was robbed com- completely and totally robbed. And I imagine how he must've felt that like would have been a, a win. He would have won a championship from that and he just bloody well deserved it. I, also, I didn't, I didn't realize that in that 1994 season, two people died. So someone died like a day or two beforehand during. Yeah. Uh, in his qualifier. That 94 season. So Roland Ratzenberger and Ayrton Senna died. And since then... There's been no, no death since that race. No. At the, end of, at the end of the extended cut, they were explaining that Senna was mates with, uh, with a doctor. They had quite a good relationship. And I think he was appointed on the safety board for F1 after Senna passed. So he was in charge of bringing it all up to speed with a health up to speed i've done it again and i up to brings it up to speed i'm on fire today (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so he's uh he's done a great job is i guess is what i'm trying to say well done dr man well done what do you reckon on this one 
technically we're rating two different films here because I'm rating the extended and you're rating the theatrical. I did quite enjoy it, even though, because, yeah. I mean, I'm not usually into racing and I wasn't, I wasn't too sure what I was expecting out of this, this documentary. I quite liked that, you know, with the, they had the voiceovers throughout the footage. Yeah. I think most documentaries that I've seen, usually you have those voiceovers, like a video footage of them saying what they're thinking. So it was kind of nice that they just had that flowing over the actual footage. Okay, I think yeah. maybe uh, six and a half out of ten. 6.5. Uh, 6.5. Okay. What about you, Dan? What do you think? I'm not a sports guy in general. I, there's not many sports that I can sit down and watch, but Formula One is one. Even for me, as someone that is interested, has a, a mild interest in it now, I did find it dragged. But I, I do think that's because of the two-hour, 40-minutes thing, and I think there was a lot of information in there, which is great to know, but mm. I personally think maybe the theatrical cut would be a bit better. I'm going to rate the extended cut 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10, someone I've got a mild interest. I, I find Formula One fascinating because it's... It's like a science. It's all the engineering. It's the aerodynamics, the engineering of the car, and turn it. The car goes a certain speed, and certain cars have got to brake at a certain point, and you turn in a certain way. And if you get oversteer, you got to counteract it. And all of the stuff works together so seamlessly for me. The engineering and the driver. It's like a science and art, and I think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I think there was one point in it where he's saying you go round and round the track. I think it was at Monte Carlo, and he said you got into this tunnel. He calls it, and and. I've heard a lot of people sort of say that as they go round, they do a lap, they do another lap, they do lap after lap and they're saving a tenth here and a tenth there. And eventually they get down to their best lap. And that's what I find fascinating about it. It's that, it's that kind of skill, that art, that natural talent. I find really interesting. It's not like, uh, it's not like football, is it? You know, it's, hey, Gary, gal, let's kick this, uh, let's kick this dick cow in that, uh, in that rectangle. Get one, you get one point for that. That's football. I don't know if you got okay. that. But I, 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 I don't know. I think Formula One's the most interesting sport. Something that has stuck with me was yeah. there was a line, there was a couple of lines by some Brazilian fans. Brazilian people need food, education and health and a little bit of joy. Yeah. And now that joy is gone. And that, yeah. from this film, that, that stuck with me. That stuck with you. Yeah. It felt like it was, uh, it was a like a big thing for them. Um, yeah, I guess wasn't it? It was like all of you saw all the footage. I didn't realize like the love. I was too young to know really, but the yeah. the love and ad- admiration that people had for this guy was off the charts. Particularly in in Brazil, he was a hero. For me, I, I there was one line that stood out to me, and I keep thinking about it. And I I heard this line, and it really spoke to me. And I think if I could narrow down, I keep talking about my dad, but if I could narrow down one line, I, I think would be the reason that my dad had so much respect for this guy. It would be because it'd be the line where he says, "If you see a gap, you've got to go for it. Uh, if you don't go for that gap, you're no longer a race car driver." And yeah. for me, that was just very. It just hit me a lot. It reminded me a lot of my dad's attitudes to life and stuff. And, you know, he's inspired me a lot. I think Senna inspired him. So I, I kind of felt a really personal connection when he's, particularly when he said that line, I was like, yeah. 
So I'm really looking forward to seeing the theatrical version. I, I, I really am. And I think I'm going to enjoy it a lot more. I wish I'd watched the theatrical version first and extended after. I really do. But never mind. Never mind. You learn these things, didn't you? And I've got to do the, the hardest possible thing. I can't make it easy for myself. <laughs> Yeah, let's move on to Faces Places. Let's get on to your one, Faces Places. A bit of art. I, to- I told you this earlier, but for the listeners, um, the previous co-host, Albert, came round yesterday. Um, or he <laughs> rang me up first. <laughs> what are you up to, mate? I'm like, oh, I'm watching a French documentary about art. Got subtitles, is it? Yep, it's got subtitles. What are you watching that for? For the podcast. I'm bringing round some booze. We're going to have a drink. I ended up watching it before he came round. <laughs> There's no way I was going to say, I wonder what Albert would think of this film. As, I'd give it, this sort of film I would like to give to him as a stitch up because I know he would never watch it. Faces Places. So 2017 came out, 89 minutes long. And the synopsis is director Agnes Varda and photographer slash muralist JR journey through rural France and form an unlikely friendship. I didn't know how much about their friendship this was going to be, about those two on a personal level. I think mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't dive too deep into who they were. More more it definitely gave more away about Agnes than than JR. Yeah. He's quite a he's quite a mysterious dude, isn't he? With glasses yeah, on and his hat. Is. No one but sees so, his eyes. Yeah, but this was uh this was directed by Agnes Varda and JR as well. And I again I didn't I didn't know just that I'm a, a cretin, but I didn't know Agnes Varda was such a big kind of French new wave filmmaker. Uh, and she's done yeah, loads. She's done yeah. loads, and I, I think I need to go and educate myself a little bit. So uh, there's many, there's many reasons. I like this. I like this a lot, and oh, there, are, there are there are many reasons. Oh, but God. that's one of the reasons is uh, I think I said last week I need some culture, and I definitely, I definitely got I got loads of that from this. So I was really really pleased, which is good because I to be honest when I first put it on, they started to play jazz music, and I shat myself. <laughs> I saw, I reached for the stop button and then uh, and then the film started and I immediately sort of got invested in, in these two people. Um, yeah. But yeah, the jazz nearly ruined it for me, very nearly. They're mates, JR and Agnes, they're mates and they travel around in their travelling photo booth. They've kind of both had interest in meeting each other and they finally do. And then when they do meet, they decide to be like, hey, let's create this documentary. Yeah. Sometimes meeting people spontaneously... Uh, sometimes meeting people that they know and they want to catch up with. I think one of the first places that they went to was a mining town, and yeah. the lady who was in the house she was orig- she was like the last original miner with the building that she lives in. They did a massive mural on her building, and she just loved it, and she was got. Upset. It was her reaction was brilliant. I thought like I was really studying her face when she when she looked at it, and she she had like a like a shocked kind of not really knowing what to think. And then you see, and then you see the joy, but then also you see a bit of sadness in her as well. And it was, I thought it was really, her response was just so, what's the word? Authentic, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It was really, it was really lovely to see. And um, I I really liked JR and and Agnes. I thought were really lovely together. And, but they just, just seemed like really nice people too. Like making a joke, you know, what is it? Was it? Is he, is he, <laughs> JR's constantly like, making jokes about like her being so old or something. I love the one on the bench, the bit on the bench when she's uh, she's sitting on the bench and she says, You're right up there, it's a bit high for you, and your legs aren't touching the ground. Do you want me to do you want a hand? Do you want me to give you a hand so you can get down all right? 
<laughs> I love their banter. It was hilarious. Yeah, it's I really liked how this was cut together. I found this to be a more engaging way of telling this little story than kind of Senna was. In that, mm-hmm. I like there was a, there was a particular scene where they they did the fish on the water tank. Yeah, and and then they and then I think Jr. says to Agnes, "Do you remember where we caught these fish?" And they go yeah, back. Yeah, I presume they go it. back to the the fish market and they're taking photographs and they find this monkfish, and uh, it, it kind of goes to the the eyeball of of the monkfish, and then it cuts to Agnes's eye examination and explains about her eye examination. I just thought the way they did that was kind of really, it was really good. That definitely gets an extra star for me. But yeah, I thought it was cut together really well. It kept me kind of engaged in the story of those two, as well as what they're doing. I was telling you, when I was watching this documentary, there was one part that I was like, oh my God. So when they're at the cemetery and they go to Henry Cartier-Bresson's grave, I literally got shivers because I studied him in BCE and about capturing the decisive moment. And when I, because the university that I had to go into, because it's art, uh, art school, you, you tend to show a folio and then talk about photographers that, you, that inspire you. And he was one of them. Really? And when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is incredible. I would love to go to France and just go to this. It's, there's only like 20 people at this cemetery, but I would love yeah. to go there and actually see him. So watching this film made me want to go back, go to France one day yeah. and, you know, check out the rural places that they went to. They had some awesome locations. Is um, JR's art still up? Is it still, does it get yeah. washed away or like what's the deal with it? Mm, it like it depends. There's, there is certain, um, certain pieces that he does that are only there for like 24, 48 hours and then they get washed away. Yeah. I I went to, when I was in Berlin, uh, 2015, I did see one of his pieces still up there. So he yeah. does have art all around the world. It was not something that I would ever choose to watch, but it was really good. I'm glad you picked it, mate. Yay. I'm glad that Yay. you chose it as well. Yeah, me too. I'm going to rate this one higher than center. Um, I'm going to go for an eight. I would give it an eight as well. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Agnes passed away last year as well. Oh, did she? I don't know if you read that. Yeah. I didn't. No, I didn't read that. I know this was a few years ago now, this film, three years ago. So I did, it did cross my mind, but I hadn't looked it up. Shall we uh, move on to the next part of our double bill section? Yes. Let's move on to uh, picking the films for next week. So we've got a theme and it was my choice and because you know still in lockdown it's a bit depressing and it's it's not about you but i need a bit of a laugh so i thought yeah "Yeah, let's go for jim carrey let's just do it let's do it let's bloody well do it i've got about eight different choices for jim carrey so (laughs) it doesn't matter like if we've got doubles or whatever um i don't know how many you've got but I find it hard to narrow it down um, to three. I also find that as well. I've got, I've currently got Jim Carrey's um, on my letterbox. So whatever you don't choose, there'll be definitely something on my list. Oh, improved sound quality. That is going to be disconcerting for the listener. Oh, 
Yes. I, I mean, I, I've got the three that I'm going to pick. I'm just going to get straight into it now. Straight into it after we've waffled for 12 minutes. The three <laughs> that I'm going to pick are obvious yeah. choices, but they're my favorite three Jim Carrey films. So I'm going to pick them mm-hmm. without any shame whatsoever. First pick. It's got to be Ace Ventura. It's got to be. There's, <laughs> there's no one, other though? first choice. First one. First one. I do like when nature calls, but the first one's far superior for me. And uh, I haven't seen it for a while. Yeah. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. My second choice, super predictable, mm-hmm. Dumb and Dumber. Number one, again, yeah. number two is horrible. <laughs> I haven't seen number two. Don't bother. And my third pick, I'm torn between two here because they're kind of my joint sort of third favorite Jim Carrey film. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go for Liar Liar. Ooh. My dad can't lie for 24 hours. That's what I wish for. You can't tell a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the setup of this film. I don't like the kid in it. He annoys me. His stupid, massive, silly hair. There's me saying <laughs> that with lockdown here. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but Jim Carrey's just Jim Carrey. Uh, is, I think this is Jim Carrey at, 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 at being the most Jim Carrey. It's Jim Carrey. Right. Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, Liar, Liar. All right. What are you going for? Oh, what am I going to go for? Well, I'm going to go for the other Ace Ventura, When Ooh. Nature Calls. It's my number one. Second choice. Ooh. Now let's go something funny. I'm going to go The Mask. And something that I haven't seen yet is Man on the Moon. That's my third choice. Man on the Moon. Have you seen? I've seen um, I've seen Jim and Andy. Ah, yes. I have seen okay. Jim and Andy, and from that, I was like, "Ooh, I need to watch Man on the Moon." So, yeah, they're my three picks. Okay, so between us then, I've picked Ace Ventura 1, Dumb and Dumber 1, and Liar Liar. You've picked Ace Ventura number 2, The Mask, and Man on the Moon. I'm going to get rid of Dumb and Dumber. You're going to get rid of Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Samsonite. (laughs) Pretty bird, pretty bird, pretty bird. What are you going to get rid of? I was robbed by an old lady on a motorized cart. Okay, uh, so I've got to knock one out of yours. Um, I'm going to knock out When Nature Calls. Okay. Because I watched it not long ago. So we've now got left Ace Ventura and Liar Liar in my list. The Mask and Man on the Moon in your list. Would you like me to start with uh, Pet Detective? Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. All righty then. <laughs> I shall start with Pet Detective. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And that is Aww. the uh, reason why this is on the list. Job done. I, this came out when I was 10 years old. And I think I watched it when it came on Sky in, I guess, 95, it would have been. So I would have been about 11 when I saw it. And it just was something else for me. Like I was just, I didn't realize that I could laugh so much at something. He's very silly. I mean, it goes without saying. I mean, you just got to look at a picture to see in his outfits and his big Hawaiian shirts and his hair. And it all just makes um, this perfect, ridiculous character. When um, my brother would have been in either grade five or grade six, I don't 
know why. I think there must have been like either some film you had to dress up as like your favorite character kind of thing. And Ace Ventura was my brother's favorite character <laughs> of all time. Yeah. If I can find a photo of him when he dressed up as Ace Ventura, I'll try and source that out. I love it. I love it. I need to steal that costume. <laughs> Halloween next. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, brilliant. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's hilarious. This film. The basic setup is he's a pet detective, and someone hires him to to track down the missing. Um, dol- is it dolphin? It's a dolphin, isn't it? Is it dolphin or whale? Oh, it's a fish. Uh, Let's is it to track down a big fish. I realise how yeah. moronic that makes makes me sound, but I'm going to go with it <laughs> as part because it's a joke. Some of it might be a little bit politically as, incorrect. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't. It's not ill-intentioned or anything like that i don't feel it is I, but no. it's just a little bit like you know uh but to be honest it doesn't ruin the enjoyment of the film for me <laughs> still be fucking hilarious and I, I, I and that's why it's on my list i could talk about this for hours this isn't even a review bit i've got to talk about liar liar yeah. still when did this come out i want to say 1997 i think three three find out for you yeah, let's find out. Uh, and the, you, you find out while I talk about it. 1997. Very 1997. Good. Okay. I, so I went to see this at my local cinema. I sat in the third row on the right. I think two chairs in from the uh, from the, the walkway. And I remember it very clearly. Mm-hmm. And I just remember just absolutely dying of laughter. I think I said earlier that the whole, like the open, the start of the film, the kid's a whiny kid about, moaning about his dad. And I hated mm-hmm. it. I hated it. Uh, but then as soon as the, the liar stuff comes in, oh. The I pen, just, the pen is blue. It's royal blue. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that whole stuff with the wig in the boardroom and it's ridiculous. Oh. It's farcical, but I, it's very funny. And I always, the, the, the outtakes always stuck with me as well at the very end of the film where Jim Carrey's just doing silly things in between takes. And uh, I just, can you imagine a day on set with Jim Carrey in the 90s yeah. must have been just absolutely unpredictable and hilarious. Ace Ventura, Liar Liar. So what, what have you got? You've got The Mask and Man on the Man Moon. On. Have you seen either of them? You've definitely yes. seen The Mask, obviously. Again, I saw The Mask at the pictures of the little boy. Mm-hmm. And yes, I've seen Man on the Moon as well. Yeah, so Man on the Moon is about as the life of comedian Andy Kaufman. And in the documentary of this, you actually get to, like, Jim Carrey kind of turns into him in a way. He lost his mind, to be fair, didn't he? It it feels like he kind of lost his mind a little bit. Um, Absolutely. But fascinating. And you got the mask. The mask, yes. That came out in 1994. So it's about... Jim Carrey and he finds this mask Mask. and then when he puts it on in the evening, he just turns into this completely different (laughs) lunatic. (laughs) Good screen fucking lunatic. Just, yeah, tearing up the city with... And then he like, he doesn't know what the fuck happens the next day. At one point, the dog puts on the mask. Yes. Oh my God, yes. Milo, the keys, Milo, not the cheese. (laughs) <laughs> I've watched this uh, so many times when I was little. I 
I think I must have recorded it on uh, VHS. That and also with Why Liar, I watched it so many times when I was younger, yeah. religiously, constantly yeah. putting it on. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's why I've, I've chosen those two films. Okie dokie. Um, look, I think any other week, I think I would have been torn on what to choose. But given that this week we wanted to choose Jim Carrey as a bit of a, bit of a laugh, yeah, a bit lighthearted, I'm going to knock out Man on the Moon and I'm going to keep the mm-hmm. mask. Because of that that's reason, because I, I want a bloody good laugh, mate. And Man on the Moon, it's a really good film. I really like it. I'd highly recommend it. Might be a little bit heavy, if I remember rightly. So let's keep it light. Let's uh, watch a film about a dude who puts on a mask and Packing makes fart insane. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> um, out of yours, I'm definitely choosing Ace Ventura. You're choosing those, no hesitation whatsoever. No fucking hesitation. Okay. I was like, no matter what, I go, I know you're going to have an Ace Ventura film and I'm definitely yeah. choosing that. Great. Okay. So yes. Jim Carrey, double bill next week will be Ace Ventura and the mask. Super predictable, but I don't care. I think it's going to be funny and I want to watch them and up yours. Yeah. If you disagree, <laughs> might take that out. Um, I've got a few. I, I, I haven't got. I've got a few honourable mentions. Like I said, all of mine would have been pretty obvious. Um, Albert and I have already covered Yes Man early on in the podcast, yeah. so we couldn't choose that. And we cu- couldn't choose Truman either because I chose that on the first pod. I nearly put on the Cable Guy because I really like that film a lot. Yeah. Well, Eternal Sunshine was another possibility, but. It's not quite comedic, and I feel like no. we wanted a bit of a laugh this week, so that's why I didn't put it on my list. It's a bit of a downer, that one. We got some funny stuff. Me, myself, and Irene. That that makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, there's a bit in it, and he makes a joke about a dildo, which is hilarious. Let's move on, then. <laughs> Jim Carrey next week. Let's move on to the next bit. Uh, this is Stitch Up. Uh, so last week, I lost, and I had to watch... Fantasy Island, mm-hmm. 2020 film. It's directed by Jeff Wadlow and it's 109 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I felt every single one of them, 109 minutes. This film is horrible. <laughs> oh, yes. Good. It's not good. It's not good. Um, the, the, the thing is about this film is that when it came out, which was not long ago, when it came out, I thought it looked all right. I watched the trailers and I was like, yeah, this looks all right. I'll probably go and watch this. And then the mm. reviews came out and I just, I, I took a hard pass because everyone said it was toilet and yeah. they were hundred percent right. It's, it's, it's got, it's, and it's frustrating because you can see that maybe there would be a good film in there eventually in terms of the setup and the whole idea of living out your fantasies. I mean, they could have gone. They they could have gone to some really interesting places, but they just totally didn't. Um, mm. It's based on a show, apparently. I didn't realise this until earlier on today, but it's it's based on a an old TV show, and basically the the setup, the premise is that these people go to this island and they live out their fantasies, and they've all got their own fantasies. And Michael Pena is um, a kind of the boss of the island. He runs the island mm. and you know, like a hotel manager sort of thing, but they, everyone explains their fantasies to him or writes it in a letter or whatever. And he makes it come true somehow. And you don't know how, like initially, 
they're kind yeah. of speculating they're going is it virtual reality have they put drugs in our drinks and it's none of them it's a magic waterfall right yeah well um, that's disappointing <laughs> it's uh it's a spring right it's a sp- so, there, so there's just there's this magic spring that makes this water come out this water comes out and it's magic water and somehow this magic water makes people turns them into zombies and then maybe the zombies kidnap people in order for the contestants to win out their fantasies Uh, and then yeah but then so everyone's got their own fantasy and you see people there one 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 woman wants to say yes to a, a marriage proposal that she'd previously said no to she regrets that so she wants to relive that moment so she says yes and they get married or, or they and then it goes forward five years and they're married and they've got a kid so that's her fantasy she's living it out super boring but who cares mm-hmm. there's another one where a, a woman just wants to get revenge on a school school bully so what happens is they kidnap the school bully and they strap her in a chair and they're trying to like cut her arm off and stuff and that's a, that's what she wants but when she realizes that it's real spoiler it's real it's not virtually yeah. or drugs she's she wants to save the save the bully and there's another dude whose dad died in a in a war and uh, he, he goes and meets up with his dad that was probably the most interesting one so so what i'm trying to say is they've all got their own fantasies but as the film goes on you realize that they might be in someone else's fantasy and then maybe they're in that fantasy well maybe not and then maybe immediately you find out that it's not that second fantasy, it's another layer of fantasy. And it's like they try to do like a layer of fantasy, like they did with Inception, like a layer of in dream, layer of dreams yeah. or something like that. But it just totally didn't work. You didn't know what was going on. I think the, the, where, it, it, there was a couple of scenes in this that made me laugh a little bit. Um, there's two guys in it, two brothers, and they kind of have the cliche party, um, scantily clad women. Uh, scantily clad men and it's kind of that cliche but they're the funniest bit in it yeah uh, I mean I don't I don't got that much more to say about it because uh, it's rubbish mm. but um, I didn't that I was disappointed because it started and I thought it was might have been all right I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting anything you know I wasn't expecting apocalypse now but I was hoping it was going to be maybe a five out of ten or a six out of ten for me um but with the magic spring stuff there was some pretty bad acting um some of the effects felt very tv-ish sort of effects it was low budget so i guess it was kind of looked pretty good for what it was and what they were trying to achieve but yeah the magic spring and the zombies and not knowing what was going on two and a half stars because it was so convoluted um i just didn't know what was going on it just didn't make any sense and Maybe the guy who runs the island, maybe he's a good guy, or maybe he's a maybe he's a good guy doing something for a bad reason. Maybe he's been doing this bad thing for a long time, but maybe he just changes his mind immediately out of nowhere for no reason, with no development or just. I've, I'm going to stop being bad now. Okay, that's my decision. <laughs> Rubbish. All right, Dan. Rubbish. Rubbish. Whole point of stitch up, mate. It just leads us on to finding out who's going to be watching their stitch up for next week. Because I put a poll on. Did you? I did, yeah. I did, mate. And oh. you know, because uh, because you voted. I only voted once, I promise. 
so the poll. How many, how many votes? On, well, I put it on yesterday, and uh, yeah. we had 21 votes in total. Really? And um, I wouldn't say it's close. I mean, I looked at it yesterday when I put it on, and it was, it was a landslide at that point. Yeah. And it has evened up a little bit more, but still, oh. with 14 votes, you're going to be watching Catwoman. Cool. How do you feel about that? Not the worst movie, I don't think. I think oh, you is. need to go a bit harder, man. I've got a feeling you might be surprised at just how bad it is. Okay. I hope so. You can only hope. I cross my fingers yeah. and I cross my legs. I mean, uh, and that's, that's the aim. I hope you hate it. The, like, I'm thinking, oh, it's probably maybe like a three or a four. Not which stars. is still quite bad. Yeah. It's still quite bad. Mm. I'm I hoping mean, for no less than a two. <laughs> it's no Artemis fucking foul. <laughs> oh, oh, Albert watched that. He loved it. It was great. Uh, maybe we should get him on one week and he can talk about Artemis Fowl. We'll get him to review it. Oh, we can compare. Oh, right. Next, uh, next poll, next stitch up. What we, um, have you got a film in mind that you're going to choose for me? I went first last week. What are you going to choose for me, mate? Battlefield Earth. It's another John Travolta. I, d- I have that on my list for you. Yeah, cool. Ah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you're about that to take does, it off now, aren't you? look shit. Oh my god, right, I, had, I made such a good choice then. Yeah, that does. I knocked it out of well yours. Yes. Bravo, bravo. Right. Also, um, because your stitch up, well, originally it was stitch up for Albert's uh, yes. on your letterbox. Yeah. And you had this on his on his list. <laughs> oh no, you can't go into my list. That's not fair. <laughs> no, no. But I, I also, Dimitri has reviewed this as a one-star film. <laughs> I think I know what this is. Go on. Pink Flamingos. Isn't it? It's about depraved sex, basically, I think, isn't it? Or have I got uh, this completely wrong? Notorious uh, criminal and underground figure Divine goes up against Connie and Raymond Marble a sleazy married couple who attempts to embarrass her and sees the tabloids giving title, the filthiest person alive. Okay. All right. So battlefield earth for you versus pink flamingos for me for the next poll, which will be on your Instagram. And uh, what is, what is your Instagram? Uh, Nika creative or Chica Nika for my personal yep. Instagram. But yeah, if you want to, if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, I'm flick.face, Twitter, I'm flick underscore face. If you want to email the show, email us at twinpixpod at gmail.com. We're getting a few suggestions for themes and stuff like that on, on Instagram. And, um, I've got an idea. I've got an idea from someone's account last week, which I haven't told you about yet, but that can go on at some point. So yeah, it's good. We need to get some more interaction going. It's very nice to talk to people in this time of isolation yeah. and uncertainty. I can't meet any uh, inst- uh, any followers at the moment, unless we do. No, unless we do video Zoom chats. Mm. You could do so. I mean, you're the, our Australian ambassador, uh, Nicole, yeah. and our Australian listenership is is, is going up. People, hey. people, more people are listening in Australia than they are in UK at the moment. There you go. So there you go. So all you've got to do is go and meet every single person in Australia 
Better get making those macaroons, mate. Take yeah. some soup. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Get Take your soup, soup party. Yeah, your soup swapping. My Thai, Thai coconut soup. Should we finish this now? Because I think we've spoken yeah. enough. Yeah, I need to go to bed, mate. Yeah, you so need to go to bed. It's very late for you, so I'm going to let you go. But if you want to catch up, oh, we've done that bit. Uh, yeah. Next next episode is going to be our Jim Carrey episode, and I'm looking forward to that, uh, especially because um, you're going to be watching Catwoman as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. bye. bye.